Welcome to Talking Giants Week 2 Preview Giants at Chicago Bears. Kind of a, a familiar fellow this last few years. We've got to know the Bears pretty well. We'll obviously have our uh, segment with Danny later doing quick picks and fantasy and all that. Robert Smits, who if you're a longtime listener, he came on the show last year for the Bears preview of Windy City Gridiron. Um, gives us some good nuggets. I'm your host Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Pennick. Justin, how are you doing, my man? Bobby Skinner, I'm very excited for this football game. Very excited. You know, we we talked positives, we talked negative all week one. Um, this is the game that I've been most excited for since the Minnesota Vikings game last year, where we were two and two. Uh, Giants have an opportunity to go 500. They have an opportunity to start their season somewhat off well in the midst of a tough schedule, and I'm very, very ready for this football game. Extremely, extremely ready. Yeah, it's a really winnable game. Like the Bears have a good defense. I was, I say this with with Rob when we talk when I talk with him, but it's like, imagine playing Khalil Mack and this Chicago Bears defense, and it being like a lighter load than it was against your last week's game. Like that's exactly yeah, that's wild. So you know we'll, we'll get into it a little bit, but I I feel like there's confidence going into this game. I think the biggest reason though, Justin, is Mitchell Trubisky. I really think. Anyone who's playing the Bears, that is their hope. It's like we are playing against Mitchell Trubisky. Now, granted, he had a three-touchdown comeback in the fourth quarter. Some people in Chicago land are high on it. Um, guys like Robert are less like, hey, look at what happened in the first three quarters. Um, what I will say, it does worry me a little bit because our, our defense isn't like stellar amazing. I think we're probably better than Detroit after week one. Um, but we saw Trubisky, who played like horrible last year, Light this Giants def not light the Giants defense up, but have some good uh, put together some good drives. So yeah. I'm not like worried about the Bears offense, but I also don't want to go in there and feel like our Giants defense is just going to stomp out the Bears offense. Yeah, it's it's a good point, but I'm going to bring something up here. I did a quick little stats digging. It took me ten seconds to find this, so it's nothing extravagant. The score of the Bears Lions game heading into the fourth quarter on Sunday was twenty three to six. Uh, pretty big, pretty big deficit. On, in quarters one through three, they averaged a 52% pass rate and an average of 5.9 yards per attempt. That's not great. In the fourth quarter, they had a 73% pass rate and 8.9 yards per attempt. That's pretty darn good. So what that tells me, and I'm with Robert, and I'm glad Robert's really going to elaborate on this so I don't have to elaborate on it. I'm not concerned about any kind of momentum that's stemming from that fourth quarter comeback into week two because the way that you're calling a game and the way that you're game planning for things when the score is zero to zero is very different compared to when you're down by 17 points 
heading into the final 15 minutes of the game. So even though you do look at Mitchell Trubisky's line and the fact that he was 20 for 36 and almost 250 yards and he had three touchdowns and no interceptions, that's the most important part, and only one sack, you still look at his accuracy and you looked at overall what he did in quarters one through three. Still the same Mitchell Trubisky, you feel. Yeah. Um, it is, but he's like... Mitch Trubisky's not like a bad thrower of the football. He's not a great thrower of the football. It's just decision making. So, um, I really think the bit like the Giants should honestly face it the same way they do Pittsburgh. I don't want you to like let's blitz the crap out of him, but do blitz Trubisky because no. he will make mistakes. He's not going to be as accurate and decisive as Big Ben was. But also throw in some zone, let him think because um, we don't want him to us to blitz him and then his first read to be open. You know, whether it's Allen Robinson or Anthony Miller and be able to hit that. Uh, but also just I think that's really what I want to do with Trubisky. And, you know, going into next week with Jimmy Garoppolo, two quarterbacks, I want them to be thinking as much as possible. And I think Graham, I mean, what we saw from Graham, I think Graham's feeling the same way going into it. Yeah, the Giants have a very interesting opportunity this week to kind of flip the narrative and flip the script a little bit on how a football game can actually go. And I know we don't want to rely on the defense. I I literally started off Monday's podcast by saying, if you're mad at the defense for not living up to their expectations in the second half, you need to change your expectations and you shouldn't be surprised. But Bobby why not flip the script and flip the narrative this week of why the Giants have been losing a lot of games the last few years is because of three and outs on the offensive side of the ball, not sustaining drives for long enough and allowing the opposing offense to just get a ton of opportunities to put points on the board. So why not flip the script and flip the narrative if the Giants offense maybe isn't going to be, you know, moving the ball a ton or putting a ton of points on the board. They didn't put a ton of points on the board last week. So why not have this defense force those three and outs like they did in Pittsburgh against an offense that's not that great? And we're talking after the game. Hey, look at all these uh, three and outs the Giants defense forced, which allowed the Giants offense to get the ball back. They have that opportunity this week um, because they're playing that lackluster offense. And I would like to see it. They're not going to have a ton of opportunities this season to really do that because they're playing a lot of good football teams. Yeah, for sure. Um, so on the offensive side, you mentioned the offensive side. We got to protect Jones, <laughs> you know, uh, a rough game for that. Um, I'm really interested to see how Jason Garrett adjusts. But obviously, we've seen it the last couple of years. The Bears' best player is Khalil Mack. It's no secret that Khalil Mack is an awesome player. Um, and unlike TJ Watt, Khalil Mack is going to be playing on both sides. So, um, one, I'm worried about him against Cam Fleming. But two, when he is going up against Andrew Thomas, Justin, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Andrew Thomas can do with Khalil Mack. I'm not sitting here saying he's going to dominate Khalil Mack, but I am really excited to see, like, after week one, where it's like you kind of have that sigh of relief because he does good against a good player in Bud Dupree. Now that has put me in the state of mind where it's like, okay, got the sigh of relief, game one out of, uh, you know, under the, uh, uh, you know, game one done. Now it's just excitement. Let's see what you can do, man. You got Khalil Mack. You're going to be getting um, Nick Bosa in that defensive line next week. Let's see what (laughs) you can do, Andrew Thomas. I'm excited to look at every Andrew Thomas versus Khalil uh, Mack matchup after the game. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, This defense is nothing to sneeze about again. I'm excited to see what this offense can do because, like you said to start the show, this is, in a way, 
even though you are scared of the Chicago defense, they are still somewhat of a step down from the Steelers defense. It's just a matter of, can the Giants not beat themselves? Can the Giants not beat themselves? I really, I really don't know if this Chicago football team is going to outright beat the Giants from start to finish. And if they do, good for them. And we'll, and we'll shrug our shoulders and say we'll get it next week. But I really don't feel, because in week one, the Giants beat themselves in certain ways with Garrett, Garrett's certain play calling and personnel usage um, and Jones turnovers. So, Jones... <laughs> I just I can't wait to see what Daniel Jones does against the defense. It wasn't his best game last year against Chicago by any means. I mean, he had less than 200 yards. Um, he had this spectacular throw to Golden Tate and then a, a touchdown. Shermer didn't help him. No, Saquon. Um, yeah, some really. I wasn't a, like a Shermer hater like a lot of people, but that was the most frustrating game from Shermer was some of the plays that he ran in that one. Also, yeah. Saquon Barkley dropping. Um, what could have, what oh. might have been a touchdown in that game? So the Giants were <laughs> right in there with that team, and you can argue that the Bears are a worse team this year than they were last year. Um, yeah. So I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the offense could do. Like I said, this no, I'm not. This offense shouldn't be scared of any defense. Not that you play scared anyone, but like they should never feel like, oh, we are totally outmatched in this game. Um, and I think you can say that from what the Steelers did. And I, I think what it yeah. comes down to is you have Daniel Jones. And we talk about quarterback play all the time. When you have the quarterback, mm-hmm. you really shouldn't be you shouldn't be worried about any other team. Now Jones no. will make mistakes and stuff like that. Um, he is a gunslinger like that. So, but like you, you never like oh, we just don't have a chance against this team. Um, I don't think we should with with Jones at quarterback. How are we feeling about Tate? His participation in practice is still limited, and I'm still worried. I'm not believing it until I see it. Right now, I, I right now I consider him out. Because last week it was which, the same thing. I consider him out. If he plays, he plays. It'll so be a nice surprise. But it's so frustrating because is I, I wish I wish we can get inside the brain of Jason Garrett because is that the reason why they decided to go so heavy with, you know, the the three tight end sets and they decided to go with that so much. Even with Tate out, you trust... can't do that again. No, I I agree, but is that their line of thinking that oh, we can't put CJ Borders, our number three wide receiver, who actually had a you know, he actually in his in his couple appearances, he looked decently well. Um, I, I would be very this week either. I would be very frustrated by if we were to repeat that same game plan because Golden Tate is out. Yeah, I don't think he's moving the needle that much. Where you need to change your game plan that much. No, I, I agree. And you could call up one of the practice squad guys, whether it's Dylan Mack or Victor, um, with a slot guy. I would like. I would love to see what Dylan could do with that speed. Um, let's talk about the Evan Ingram, Caden Smith. Um, uh, complex. I think they are going to give Caden Smith reps where he is the only tight end on the field. I do. I, they're not giving up on Evan Ingram, but I think they will give him just flat out, hey, you are the tight end for this this series reps. What do you think? We heard the quote from Joe Judge this week, and I'm going to look up Caden Smith's snap share really quick while I say this, but we heard the quote from Joe Judge this week that we're not going to make any personnel substitutions, meaning they're not going to bench or start the starting lineup should pretty much look the same. Um, Caden Smith's snap share from the first game was 43%, which was little more than I thought. Um, I know he only had the one or two catches. Um, he had one first down, and it was, it was a pretty nice play, but... Um, Bobby, I agree. This is something that we've thought that the Giants were going to do all offseason anyway. Um, so I'm, I'm with you. I really hope that we say Kane Smith, because also, why do I feel that the Giants are more versatile? Now, I, 
I say versatile, but understand where I where I'm coming from. I'm talking about with the threat of the pass and the run. I feel like the Giants are a more versatile football team if Caden Smith is the only tight end on the field, and let's say we're in 11 personnel where the threat of the pass is just as strong as the threat of the run because Caden Smith can take care of himself when he's blocking. Yeah, Ingram, prove it, man. Prove it. Come out. You can't be that bad in the receiving game. We know who you are as a blocker. We understand that we shouldn't do what we did last week with these three tight end sets. Like we were asked, like we put him in a bad situation. But you got to be a ball in the receiving game. You like even his, even like like the offensive pass interference get called back. He didn't have any separation on that play. It was an amazing throw and catch. But he like yeah. we need him to be like he was against Tampa, like he was against Dallas. We need him to be wide ass open with that speed. We didn't bring him in to make contested catches. We brought they drafted him to be wide ass open. So um, Ingram, show it, man, show it. I'm so sick of tired of talking about it. Um, where we went from if he's healthy to. Now it's like I, I I don't know how we use him. He's a valuable weapon. Okay, I'm fresh. I've never been more frustrated with Evan Ingram than I have been this week. He's a valuable weapon. Figure out how to use him. Figure it out because we cannot have what we had uh, against Pittsburgh in Week One. No, no, we need valuable pieces on this offense, and especially as. I may be bringing up this point a little bit later in the show when we get to the giant factors, but especially as Darius Slayton will probably be garnering most of the attention on this Giants passing offense now. Um, not only did he have that big 41-yard play down the field, so of course you always need to keep that safety, you need to possibly keep an extra safety on an eye on Slayton because we don't really have another deep threat on this team, but also in between that 10 to 19-yard range too, uh, that could be a killer for defenses if we can really get Darius Slayton established of being a consistent wide receiver of catching balls in between that 10 to 19-yard range and not just 20-plus yards down the field. Yeah, for sure. All right, you got anything else before we kick it to Robert K. Smiths? No. Excited for this Giants game. Yeah. Very, very excited, and very excited to also say my game predictions a little bit later in the show. For sure. All right, Robert Smiths, he was on the show last year. I've, I've got the done stuff with him four or five times now. Really nice guy, knowledgeable. I think he does the best Bears stuff. Um, he writes and does videos for Windy City Gridiron, the SB Nation Chicago Bears site. So without further ado, here is Robert Smiths. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. All right. We now welcome on for the second time uh, of Windy City Gridiron. He covers the Chicago Bears. I've known him for a couple of years now. He did some stuff on my old show, Silverman Radio. You might hear about that uh, here and there, listeners. Robert Smith. What's going on, Rob? Man, I am, or I'm doing well. Not a ton's going on outside of week one of football season just happened, and that's really awesome. Certainly, it's kind of goofy sitting here recording with you on a Wednesday afternoon with the All-22 film not having been released yet, but we'll do what we can and talk about our favorite teams because I, I'm really excited about this matchup with the Giants, and probably not for the reasons that you think I am. I, I really can't wait for this game. <laughs> yeah, uh, same here. Um, you guys are coming off some fourth quarter heroics from Drubisky, which we'll talk about, or at least it seems like I haven't been able to watch um, uh, the game as as we record this. But it's it's good to get you on. Usually, when it's someone uh, you know from another team, it's like I right, make sure I can fill the time with you, Rob. I had to tell you beforehand that we got to like not you know I know because we can, know. we could do forty five <laughs> minutes and, then, and and just make it the whole podcast. But Rob, I'll start with the Bears. Um, first, I'm going to ask you this. What happened with Prince Mukamara? I know he went with the Raiders and got cut. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Giants fans, this is this isn't like you know meeting the opponent, but we do have a weakness at cornerback too. What mm-hmm. was Prince of Mukamara last year, and why do you think the Raiders kind of gave up on him when he was on such a cheap deal? So one thing that's a huge bummer in the NFL, and we see this with all kinds of players, I can't pick out a specific Giants example, but I bet you could, is there's one age where one year they they were doing really well. They looked like a perfectly fine player. They've definitely got another year in the tank. And then all of a sudden the clock turned, the next season started, and you went, oh, oh, that's different. And Prince of Mukamura kind of had that moment last year. It wasn't horrible but he clearly couldn't run like he was able to in 2018 and I think that the Bears identified a bunch of cornerback prospects that they liked in the draft and as you can see they picked up Jalen Johnson they had Buster screen just in case they must have liked where they were at and with Prince of Mukamura on a what eight to ten million dollar deal it just made sense to let him walk somewhere else it's a bummer to see he didn't stick on the Raiders but that's out of my control, certainly. And they he could just be one year too old. It's a huge bummer for him. Yeah, he's been a name that we've kind of circulated in that cornerback two hole. Figured I, I'd get your thoughts on that. But speaking of your DB group, we'll we'll start there right. because I think the Giants and Jet or the Giants and Bears they know each other. We've played each other the last couple of years, have a good mm-hmm. familiarity. So I don't need to ask you if Khalil Mack is good and your front <laughs> seven. I mean, we've seen it. Right. Um, where things have changed, it seems, is on the back end. Like we mm-hmm. mentioned, Prince being gone. Um, I know Amos wasn't there last year, but uh, Clinton Dix is gone. What does the secondary look like in 2020, whether it's corner right. and safety? Because I know the Giants have Slayton, who I'm um, really impressed in, in his first game of year two, and then mm-hmm. Shepard. And so, and, um, but it's not, like, it's not the most overachieving group. I mean, what's right. the secondary look like? So I'll tell you what, and I wish that I could be saying this is some sort of homer. I'm, I'm speaking weirdly objectively here. Jalen Johnson looks as good as you could ask for from a rookie cornerback. He's big, he's fast, and he's making some mistakes. For instance, he got caught on a switch. Basically, schemed situations that test veteran corners, like zone switching and making sure that the rookie has to switch at the right moment to pick up what would be a gap in the zone, those may snake by Jalen Johnson, but on man coverage situations, he was outstanding against Marvin Jones last week. He actually created the pick or the deflection that became an interception, which was the only reason the Bears were able to come back in the first place because he broke really well on a ball that Eddie Jackson pinched in. The point is, just for the sake of brevity, like we talked about at the start of the show, the DB group couldn't look better given what I thought they were going to be. The big hole, as far as what the Giants may very well want to look to attack, is that our front four isn't what you would want it to be with Eddie Goldman having opted out. The Bears don't really have a run stuffer outside of just Akeem Hicks, but the other two are much more pass rushing linemen. And Danny Trevathan looked really, really nasty in coverage. That's our inside linebacker next to Roquan Smith. And the Giants, or the, the Lions ate him alive. They targeted him as often as they could because they didn't want to touch the rest of the DBs. Long story short, Kudos to the DB group. They looked really, really dangerous. Probably the best part of the defense. And Danny Trevathan, if he's as slow as he looked on this last Sunday, it's going to be a problem. Okay. So you mentioned Jalen Johnson. Is he playing on the outside or would he be in the slot? Oh, he's on the outside for sure. Buster, Buster Screen is their nickel corner. He's scrappy. He breaks well enough. He's one of those DBs that is more known for his tackling ability than he is for his coverage. But his coverage isn't so bad either. Right. So you mentioned Trevathan, the other linebacker, Roquan Smith. Obviously, fast. I know there was some weird stuff with him last year. 
what's he like? Is he this, you know, I know it was only one game, right. but does he look like the guy that was expected to be, or is he just kind of an athletic guy who it hasn't been put together yet? So I'll be the first to tell you that when it comes to grading will linebackers, so that sleeker running coverage mold, it's always hard for me to tell because I don't know what they should be expected to do in the running game. If they're Sam linebacker, in this case, Trevathan kind of plays both roles, doesn't pick up blockers because when Roquan Smith gets blocked, he gets blocked. There's, there's not much fighting through guys there, but he looked really fast on Sunday. He was fairly sticky in coverage. Again, the lines didn't really have to look his way a whole lot because the guy who Trevathan was covering was almost always open. Seriously, whatever you think of pro football focus, they gave Trevathan a 28 on the day. So that should tell you like just how bad it was. They grade, they grade on a zero to hundred scale. If you've never heard of them, any listener. So 28, not very good day. Uh, Roquan Smith, from what I saw, fairly good in coverage. I wouldn't call him like greatest player ever, but he impressed me from what I thought was going to be kind of an average, if not let down a year. Well, you mentioned PFF and the worst grade, the better we think of him because uh, Giants fans, including myself, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of PFF, but uh, I'll take your word that he wasn't good. Um, now, we just played the Steelers and they literally led the league and uh, led week one in blitzing at 58%. You guys are lower at 18% because, and I think it's because you have Mac and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that kind of plays in, like, do you think you guys will play a Giants offensive line that has a rookie in Andrew Thomas who looked really good, a guy who's just not very good at right tackle, Cam Fleming, and then Nick Gates, who was very good at guard and tackle last year as a, as a backup in his three games, but, but struggled in his first game of center. Mm-hmm. Do you think you guys are going to try and line up and play or try and blitz and test this offensive line like the Steelers did? I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll answer the question with as good of an answer as I can. It's all going to depend on what Chuck Pagano and Matt Nagy think the offense is going to actually be able to produce. One thing that we saw last year, you may remember this, the bears defense looked utterly ferocious for the first four games of the last season. Then they tapered off because they got more conservative. They got more bend. Don't break. They realized that the offense wasn't going to be able to put the points on the board. They did in 28. So Pagano Pagano will get aggressive when he wants to. And if he sees an opening, I wouldn't be shocked if he's going to blitz. This isn't a Vic Fangio no blitz defense, but it really is all going to depend. I'm sure you already know this on how well the Giants are going to be able to handle Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack specifically and Robert Quinn, especially if he gets on the field. If Quinn, Max, and Hicks are all on the field together, I that'll be dangerous. And I don't even know if the bears will feel like they have to blitz. We'd have to see how that goes. It's crazy that you mentioned those three guys. And after week one, that's like a relief after TJ Watt, Bud Dupree and Cam Hayward. That like, it's, it's <laughs> usually you like you plan for Kelio Mack on the schedule this right. year. It's like, it's, it's a nice little relief between this and Nick Bosa and the 49ers next week. Oof. That's, uh, that's some tough defenses to start. I don't God. envy the giants. It's a brutal start. It's a brutal start. So, We'll switch over to the offense. You, um, you know, if you're, sta- if you're scoreboard watching, you see Trubisky struggling, and then you watch the end of the 1 o'clock games, and then you can check the scores again, and you see Trubisky had three touchdowns and led a game, like a game-winning comeback. Obviously, you know, the um, right. Swift for the, for the Lions dropped the touchdown at the end of the game. I did see that. What's, what is Trubisky right now? I know you um, 
are are a, 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 a you know you don't you're not a homer when it comes to Trubisky. I get called critical of Mitch Trubisky all the time, and it's just because I point out that the guy's got some major flaws. I mean, I I don't say that with any condescending attitude. If I was going to tell you what I think Mitch Trubisky is, it's sort of a one read thrower. He likes right. to see it and throw it. He has um, let's call it shaky feel for the pocket sometimes. And he can be mobile, but he needs a pretty defined running lane. And he's not usually going to just stand through some tacklers the way that I know a guy like Carson Wentz might. And I'm sure you've got plenty of experience with him just Houdiniing out of the pocket, even though he had a nasty game on his own. But what I'll tell you about Trubisky, I'll keep it short and sweet. He was as up and down as I've just about ever seen him when I take the fourth quarter into consideration. Before the fourth quarter, he had way too much bad to outweigh the good. But with the fourth quarter, where he went eight for nine with 90 yards and got some help from receivers who made some outstanding catches here and there, he was as good as he was bad. And again, I'll just cite PFF this one time because I thought it was hilarious. Uh, they he had the second highest positive graded throws like percentage wise and the third highest negative graded throws so i know what i saw isn't too crazy somebody else is verifying it he went for i'll i'll even read you the stat line it was three touchdowns no interceptions uh 20 for 36 and 242 yards but what that doesn't mention is that pro football reference graded him for 13 bad throws that's a 33% bad throw percentage and I thought the film held up to that he was inaccurate he made weird decisions if you blitz Trubisky he's probably not going to see it and uh, he really has issues in terms of throwing his hot route to be honest the biggest reason I'm so excited is because I didn't see a team adjust to the Bears better well the Packers adjusted the best but the Giants adjusted second best because Tariq Cohen torched y'all for almost 200 yards in 2018 and in 2019 y'all got two picks out of Trubisky and honestly defensively played a really fabulous game and I it was one of those where as a football fan I was surprised that y'all didn't come away with it at the end but I guess the Bears squeaked out what was it a 13 to 17 win something real grindy like that and I'm excited to see what the Giants are able to bring defensively this time because even against the Steelers, I know that 26 points happened in terms of Ben Roethlisberger, but y'all have a defense that I'm ready to test our offense because I want to know what it really looks like. The Lions aren't the greatest test in the world. I think that's the hope for um, the Giants in this game and is Trubisky. It's like what can we force out of Trubisky because – the Giants, if you look at, like, you know, stats and stuff like that, their defense was basically average in every part of, like, uh, like every advanced stat. And that was, like, way above our expectations because we have a cornerback, number two, whose name is Corey Ballantyne, who Allen Robinson knows very well because Matt Nagy last year said, oh, you guys aren't going to uh, follow Allen Robinson? Just put him in the slot and then burned us for, like, over 100 yards right. against Ballantyne. But I thought they did a pretty good job of hiding him until Ben's like, okay, you're going to cover over the top on this guy. I'll just start throwing back shoulder and comeback routes to whoever's covering him the entire game. What you just talked about is, I think, as a Giants fan, what you should be paying attention to the most. So remember what I said, Trubisky's best on his first read. He's best where the coach told him, you're probably throwing here, and he did. And the biggest worry is Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy's a really good schemer of offense from everything that I can tell, and he's a little limited in terms of his quarterback, but to 
point out something that you said on Twitter around the time that Mitch was uh, named the starting quarterback. You were relieved to see Trubisky as the starter instead of Nick Foles. Personally, I think that tells the whole story right there because you would hope that a number two overall pick in his fourth year would instill a little more fear that a journeyman who just lost his job to Garner Minshew, but that's not how you felt, and I would tend to agree with you. The question that I would ask you is how do you feel about your defensive line? Because the Bears offensive line was way improved in terms of how they played against the Lions. They punched out 5.3 yards per carry and looked good doing it in a running game that was a lot better than it was last year, which was like third worst in the league. Do you guys feel comfortable stopping the run? Very comfortable. I I will say – I was very surprised when I went and looked at the rushing totals and you guys, I think were like top five or six. I know it was like over 150 yards, I think. Um, and then, you know, and it was balanced where Montgomery and Cohen was getting, uh, getting carries. Yeah, I, I do. Um, it kind of wore down towards the fourth quarter, but one Leonard Williams and Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence look really good. Um, and that was something we kind of needed. Like they were pushing the pocket back on Ben, which is something that it's like, we, this is our strongest group. We need them to play like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Blake Martinez, who you guys have some experience playing. We do. <laughs> there's like a whole like, oh, like, you know, he all his tackles are downfield. I think Green Bay kind of – when you watch Green Bay and you, you know Adrian Amos, I got so frustrated, and this is totally off topic, the Giants-Bears, but it's like they're playing against the San Francisco 49ers who run the ball like crazy, who trap walk, and they had Blake Martinez and Adrian Amos playing safety next to him. And it's like, well, you – you're asking Blake Martinez to do everything because you have a safety going against these eight-man, you know, fronts. So, right. uh, Blake Martinez looked really good is basically what I'm saying. Um, higher, higher than I expected him to look. So, it was, it, was, um, it was nice to see him flying around and not He's just tackling guys five, six yards downfield. Mm-hmm. Um, what's up with Allen Robinson? Are you guys going to pay him? Because I'm not someone who's like, go out and get every free agent. I'm, when, you, know, you know how it is. Whenever you someone want might- Allen Robinson. That's you, what I was going to say. It's, Allen Robinson. Every time there's someone that might be traded, every fan base is like, we got to go get that guy. But I said we did a little like 2021 free agency in the offseason. I said my number one target would be Allen Robinson. Oh, are yeah. you guys going to extend him? I'm not going to sit here and say, are you going to trade him in season? But it does. do you think so, he'll be extended? Well, it's funny. You just mentioned what I think are the two best options. So if you don't extend him, you should trade him. I mean, if the Bears – don't find gold in Trubisky, which would be, I mean, think of it like a 10% chance. Prof, or I know uh, the guys at Football Outsiders do this really fabulous almanac at the end of their season, and they listed 10 quarterbacks that were most like Trubisky. One of them was Drew Bledsoe. The other nine were Blake Bortles-esque guys, and they fell out of the league almost immediately. So if you are going to need a new quarterback, you're going to need capital to go get him with because I don't think this Bears defense is bad enough to lose more than uh, probably nine games I'd say and if that happens you probably need to trade up in that case if you're not going to extend Allen Robinson maybe you take what you could get for him but I would hate that because he's a really good player very 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 good receiver and if he did make it to the open market even if he was in the trade market you should consider him I I would too man it's obviously you know we just traded for an expiring contract in Leonard Williams and He's a good player, but it's, we didn't get him extended. So, one, it was kind of a bad trade anyway. Anyway, I'm not going to rehash that. My all, all my listeners know that. I'm sure. But it would be <laughs> – I said it would be a shame to trade for an expiring deal two years in a row. But if we could 
you know, obviously you can negotiate and be like, hey, we're going to lock you up as soon as you get traded here. I would be all in because I know some people are like, well, our running game struggled. It's like, yeah, but we have Allen Robinson. That forces teams to play too high. That's one less guy in the box. So um, I would especially Especially for a quarterback like Daniel Jones that I know is not afraid of putting the ball in the air. Go get him somebody that will make contested catches and maybe at least you'll have a receiver that could. Even if if Daniel made a poor decision, let's say, throws into double coverage, Allen might just win the jump ball, and that's really valuable to a young quarterback. Right. All right, so Rob, I'll finish off with this. What is the weakest player on the Bears that we don't know about? Like, uh, you guys might know about Corey Ballantyne because you torched him last week, but most people going up against the Giants don't know who Corey Ballantyne is. Who, like, who is the one guy, whether it's a guard who's brand new that was an undrafted free agent last year, who is, like, that weak link on the Bears that you think the Giants should attack? I'd point out Trevathan immediately. I'd say that he was somebody that I was expecting to be a lot better this year. And it could have just been, I don't know, week one conditioning. The trouble is, is that he's generally a very instinctive player that is able to suss out play calls almost immediately. And against a division rival, you'd think he'd have the advantage, but he looked lost. And when he wasn't lost, he looked slow. So that's not good. But the other two guys that I'd point out on defense specifically are Roy Robertson Harris and Bilal Nichols. Both of those guys are kind of trying to take the uh, the nose tackle role away from Eddie Goldman, who again stepped away. Very good lineman in and of himself, but they leave room to be desired on the run. Uh, and I know that one of the Giants' best weapons on the team is their running back. So it would shock me if they're not going to be trying to pound the snot out of the football. That seems very Joe judge from the little that I've heard of him. So uh, I'm expecting a long day and a battle up at the line of scrimmage. I just, I just need us to not do 15 carries for six yards for Saquon and week. Right. We, we just get him over four yards a pop. I don't even care how many carries he gets. <laughs> uh, Rob, uh, we appreciate you coming on. We'll obviously tag you and everything. Go follow Rob. He does the best bears stuff. Um, Thanks for coming on again, and hopefully hopefully the Bears and the Giants finish in the same place in the division, and we'll get to talk again next year. Right, first and first, you know? First and first, I love it. All right, see you, Rob. <laughs> see ya. It sure was nice seeing the teams back out on the gridiron over the weekend. Lucky for us, that was just week one. There's no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add the excitement of week two, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbooks yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You can place a $1 bet on any team. And if that team wins, you'll cash a cool Benjamin. That's a $100 bill, folks. How could you pass that up? If you're new to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, Head to the app now to scout their latest offers. Bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, a sportsbook that goes wherever you go. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during Week 2, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code John Boy during sign up for a limited time only. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? 
call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, we now welcome on member number three, Danny Boy King. We're going to kick it off with the weather. Weatherman Dan, what's the weather looking like in Chicago for Sunday? I mean, the weather is actually going to look nice in Chicago. I, I, I've personally never been to Chicago, but it seems like this would be a great day to go. You got a temperature of 64 degrees, the wind 10 miles out of the southeast. Does that meet the criteria of the Windy City? It's wind, so sure. Uh, community 56%. You got a visibility of 10 miles. Once again, they can see that's always great. And Bob's was going to do the dew point joke, but I'm going to beat him to it this time. The dew point is to win, but it's going to be 48 this time. Okay, okay. Now... Supposedly, they're not even called the Windy City because of the wind, because of politics or something like that. But also, they have like some wind, too, so I don't know where, where that all works. I've never heard of it being called the Windy City because of their politics. It would have shocked me, because I feel like that they would probably get quite All right, so now we will all share who we will vote for in the presidential election. <laughs> um, me, vote for me, um, which we will be doing that um, eventually. I'll be giving away free t-shirts for people who vote for me. And Jesus. it's illegal to do, but we're going to do it because we're not snobby media members. All right. All right, guys. Uh, fantasy draft. What we do every week is the, uh, the whoever the Giants are playing, we do a, a four-round fantasy draft from only that game. It helps highlight the matchups, and it's a little competition. Uh, last week, Danny uh, led the week with 50.3 points. Uh, Darius Slayton had a big game for him. Uh, Justin had 37.9, and then I had 28.7, just to show that no matter how like smart and like researched and detailed you are, fantasy is very random. So that's um, that's how it went out in week one. Oh, I remember you saying that you won. Yeah, I remember that good. exactly. I also probably, I had one player that didn't play, and then another Dumb. one that just probably didn't do anything. I told you you were overthinking that one. I um, had no idea. How did I pull out 37 points when I had two of my players just Deontay did Deontay Johnson had a big game for you. God bless um, Darius Slayton for that two, two touchdowns. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. All right, so this week, uh, Justin will be drafting first. I'll be drafting second. Danny, you will be third. Justin, kick it on off. I mean, not to just take the hot hand, uh, but I'm going to try to continue and ride the hot hand, and I'm going to take Darius Slayton because we really saw his emergence of not just being a 20-plus yard uh, catch wide receiver with that big play-action post catch that he had, um, but he also caught some intermediate balls, and he also caught some balls in between the 10 to 19-yard range. I said it, talked about it earlier in the show. So give me Darius Slayton. He could be emerging, could be emerging, as the team's number one wide receiver. And he'll probably be going up against a rookie corner, who the Bears like, but nonetheless a rookie corner, so we'll um we'll see what he can do. I'm going number two, and I'm not overthinking this. I understand it was a very disappointing week one, but it it just can't be that bad again. I'm going Saquon. He has to play better than what he did. Even with th- what he did last week, he had six catches for 60 yards, so he got you a, a solid 12 points. So it's a safe bet. Um, the Bears running backs, you never know which one they're going to give the hot hand, whether it's Montgomery or, or Tariq Cohen. Um, you took Slayton, so I, I'm going Saquon. I feel like if I if Saquon's on the board, I feel like I'm going to take him in almost every single matchup. I think that's a fair, but I, I would have taken Saquon while he was still there. I was thinking you guys wouldn't have taken him because maybe you guys were down on him. But with my first pick, I'm going to take David Montgomery because when James Conner went out after uh, whatever he had to deal with after that first game, Betty Snell Jr. came in. And he did quite well. He had 19 carries for 113 yards. So I'm going to hope the Bears give the football 
to uh, David Montgomery. You're going to hope that the Bears can just get good yards against us? I'm Man, gonna, you're I'm taking gonna... this fantasy draft way too seriously, Danny. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna hope that my predictions come true once again, and I'm taking David Montgomery. And then my second choice, I thought, honestly, thought Bobby would have taken him. I'm taking Allen Robinson because he's oh, I was right hoping there. he'd loop back around. Uh, Allen Robinson, he's just a great receiver, and I feel like he'll probably be followed by James Bradbury. But, I mean, Big Ben had success getting it to Juju. I think it'll be the same again. Mitch Trubisky's going to look for Allen Robinson. Give me Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson can have a huge game because, you know, um, if if they follow Bradbury, if they have Bradbury follow him, which I hope they do, um, I, I think he can Please. actually do like pretty well. But I am worried about Allen Robinson going against Corey Ballantyne. We saw that matchup last year. That was brutal. I get it was in the, in the slot, but I don't know how much Patrick Graham is going to have Bradbury follow AR all over the field. And if he's matched up against Ballantyne, man, we're we're in for some troubles. All right, so I'm battling with this one. I'm going to bet that this guy gets some catches anyways. Um, I'm going Tariq Cohen. He had a pretty good week one. They're going to try and use him in the receiving game. He had a good game against us two years ago, not last year. Um, I'm going to just double down on the running back spot. Uh, maybe they like Cohen more than Montgomery. He did average more yards per carry. We'll try and get him out in space where Montgomery might be like a pounded between the tackles kind of guy. And that like the Giants, I feel like will stop that. So I think Cohen, they might try and use some different ways. I'm I'm going Tariq Cohen. What do you do you Justin, what do you think about like Tariq Cohen versus this Giants team? Not even just fantasy wise. Well, the the thing with Cohen, and I was surprised that he only got two catches yesterday. Uh, or yesterday. Well, there you go. Uh, he only got two catches over the weekend. Um I don't think Tariq Cohen, I don't think any of these, I think running backs against the Giants defense is going to be a bad play this year unless, unless the, the other, unless the other team we're talking about them winning and then you're heading into the second half um, and then the running back is just getting volume since fantasy is based on a ton of volume. But outside of fantasy, I think it's going to be really tough to run the ball on the Giants in quarters one through three when the game actually does matter. We did see that last week. Um, and it's even going to be tough for uh, pass catching running backs too because we also saw how good of a job the Giants defense did with gang tackling. Gang, and gang. even when one guy did miss a tackle, there was a swarm of other guys right mm-hmm. behind him to make the play. So yeah. uh, I'm feeling good about us going up against running backs. I think Peppers have a good bounce back game. Man, I feel like Blake Barntinas can't have an impressive game as he did in week one. That was that exceeded my expectations. The way he flew around the ball was like not just like it's not like he just like like Ryan Connolly style, just like bam, went went hard as can be. Like he was playing it extremely smart and aggressive. Like yep. that that was really a good game by Blake Martinez. He really was using uh, you said it, I think, on Monday's show, just with the eye test. But then we went back and we actually watched the film. He really was using the penetration and the double teams of the front five and the front four really to his advantage because he's naturally a pretty patient player. Um, and when he has good defensive line play in front of him, he really shined. So hopefully he can do the same thing this week too. Remember when people were moaning about Blake Martinez being signed? Like was, Justin, you I was. Remember that? I didn't really I like the signing either. I liked I like Blake Martinez yeah, more like- than most. But I didn't really. I was like, "Why are we signing an inside linebacker?" Yeah, I can't uh, say I was over the moon, but like. And then we had two inside linebackers game. playing. No, it, it means everything. It's also it's one, one game. game. All right, it's one <laughs> game. It means everything. Whatever, He's whatever. Lawrence Taylor, one game. Um. All right, Justin, is your pick? Who's up? Justin's up. Ah, uh, this is tough because, in all actuality, if things are going really correct for the Giants, we're not throwing the ball a ton in the second half. So I could double down 
with maybe uh, Sterling Shepard take a chance on Evan Ingram, but to maybe just diversify what I'm doing here. I'm going to take Anthony Miller. He caught a touchdown last week. Um, he was arguably out. I mean, Robinson didn't get um, some accurate passes. Trubisky missed him on a couple throws, but and but um. Anthony Miller was right there statistically with Allen Robinson, and he caught the touchdown, which is better for fantasy. So a uh, good chance that Anthony Miller could be going on Corey Ballantyne if Bradbury is following Allen Robinson. So that's a matchup that I think the Bears might try to um, take advantage of. Okay. All right, so it's, it's snaking. You still got a, You got one more pick. It's snake. You're, we're snaking. Oh, fun. Snaking. Okay, then I – you know what? Then I am going to take Evan Ingram. I am. You know, one, I, I'm I'm not freaking out like a lot of people are. I get the frustration because I I vented my frustration this offseason about not having that many expectations for Evan Ingram, and I think it's because I don't have a ton. That's why I'm not frustrated. But have a bounce-back game, kid. Let's see it. So give me Evan Ingram over Sterling Shepard, even though it's a little risky, but give me Evan Ingram. All right, so that means I'm going Sterling Shepard. I'm glad Shepard fell to me. He had a hundred percent catch rate um, on Monday. Maybe they'll uh, target him a little more um, going up against Buster Scrine if he's playing in the slot. Um, Shepard is still really good. He kind of had like a quiet good game on Monday Night Football. Yeah. So let him have a big game this week. Get a touchdown. Get me some points. Do the damn thing, Sterling Shepard. Yeah, they really gotta. I I think especially in the red zone and that first trip that we had to that red zone. Um, very poor play calling, very poor execution as well. But getting Sterling Shepard involved in some quick little out routes, um, drag routes, uh, and and having him fit into zones nicely in the red zone, that's something that we should really utilize, uh, especially if we're not going to be able to ground and pound and just barge our way in there. Um, so I think Shepard should be utilized a little bit more in the red zone. Right. All right, Danny, double up. All right, my first pick, I'm going to take uh, Jimmy Graham of – the Bears. Uh, he averaged. He had seven, seven and a half fantasy points last week. He's projected to get nine point one four. I think Jimmy Graham is going to be. Uh, is going to have a decent game against the Giants. I mean, Eric Ebron last week he had like one catch for eighteen yards, but it worked out well for me. So I'm going to take another leap on tight end and give me Jimmy Graham. Now this one, this one's risky. It's really risky because I don't know if he's even going to play. <laughs> but I'm running out of options at wide receiver. And me personally, looking at what happened last year, Golden Tate, three catches, 33 yards, and a touchdown at the Bears last year. Give me a Golden Tate. If he comes back, now obviously the hamstring issues can linger, and this is probably going to come back and bite me, and he's probably not even going to play. But Golden Tate, I think it provides another weapon for Daniel Jones to feel comfortable with. So give me Golden Tate. Give me Jimmy Graham. Let's rock and roll. I was actually going to take Tate and just be like, screw it, fourth round. Give me a shot, the guy, a guy who could have a huge game if he plays. Um, but you, you snagged him up, Danny. I'm going to go Caden Smith. I think it's just, instead, of, I was thinking about, um, taking a risk and going like Cordell Patterson or Darnell Mooney and thinking like maybe they'll have a good, you know, one of those guys can make some plays against Corey Ballantyne. But I think Caden Smith is a, is a safe bet. And I, I feel like I have four safe bets where Saquon, he's going to get, he's going to get touches no matter what. Shepard is going to get, you know, f- five plus targets every game. Caden, I feel like he, like, He's found himself a role to where he will be in some checkdowns, and then he can, you know, have a touchdown too. Um, and then um, uh, Tree Cohen being Tree Cohen, so I'm going Caden Smith. I would have taken Caden Smith if he somehow lasted that long because I heard what you guys are saying about him. 
Yeah, I have some very boomer bust guys on my team, unlike Bobby, who has some pretty safe guys on his team. And this guy can possibly be a boomer bust too, particularly in the the pass catching game. And I, and I will go Cordell Patterson. Um, he only got, uh, I believe, two catches last week, but he has that ability to um, line up as the wide receiver. He has the ability to line up as a running back. Um, and, hey, if there's a chance, I'm not sure if he's still re- returning kicks and punts. He should. Um, if he even winds up getting a touchdown that way, that's an extra six points. So give me Patterson. All right, so uh, the teams, Justin has Darius Slayton, Anthony Miller, Evan Ingram, and Cordero Patterson. I have Saquon, Tariq Cohen, Sterling Shepard, and Caden Smith. Danny, you have David Montgomery. Allen Robinson, Jimmy Graham, and Golden Tate. Um, so if Golden Tate doesn't play, uh, Danny, you could possibly have no New York Giants playing for you on, on Sunday. It's a risk I'm willing to take. I mean, the offense didn't even look – it wasn't great, but, I mean, I Darius Slayton is the only one of the Giants' offense other than maybe Evan Ingram was someone that I was really going to – and I said Caden. But those three were the only guys I would have really taken. Sterling Shepard, eh. I wasn't really in the mood to take him. Evan Ingram, I believe, will have a bounce back week. And then Caden Smith, I heard what you guys are saying, and it convinced me to maybe take him. All right, all right. See how convincing we are, people. All right, Giant Factors. This is your first time listening to a pregame show. This is our X Factors. We call them Giant Factors because we're the Giants, and it's a play on words. Um, Can't wait for it to get snarky by the end of the season. All right, we stay the same order as the draft. Justin, who is your Giant Factor for week two? At the Chicago Bears. Danny Boy King, I really don't appreciate you sleeping on Sterling Shepard because Shepard is actually my giant factor this week. He is my giant factor because uh, Darius Slayton kind of is emerging as the number one target on this team and as the guy a defense needs to pay the most attention to in the passing game, especially um, if teams feel like they can take advantage of a lackluster rushing offense that is the New York Giants right now and the lackluster offensive line performance at least of, uh, as them as a as a rushing offense um so in the passing game you know leaving another safety over the top and always staying on Darius Slayton's side that's something that defense may have to do so that's really going to open up i feel the intermediate intermediate options for Sterling Shepard. So hopefully there may be less guys in the box this week. So maybe we can have some success running the ball because we had success throwing the ball. So if there's less guys in the box, Sterling Shepard is going to be needed to find those holes in, in the zones and be that security blanket for Daniel Jones. So Shepard's going to be really important this week if more attention is put on Slayton. I mean, he was six for six last week. So maybe I am sleeping yeah. on him. And as you said, Darius Slayton's going to garner much more attention after the performance he had against the Bears. So I mean, that 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 right there makes perfect sense to have Sterling Shepard as your Giants factor. And the Giants need him to be good. He's a quality player, and when he's on his A game, the Giants are an even better football team. Yeah, I went into the season saying he was the best wide receiver. I've kind of I've done a little week one overreaction as says Slayton, um, which I don't think is too big of an overreaction. But nonetheless, still a good player. All right, I'm going Darnay Holmes, the nickel corner. I didn't even really think, think he was going to play until week one. He did. And I thought he had some positive plays. You look at the advanced stats, and it wasn't great. But he also was putting some man coverage on some impossible routes to defend on a good wide receiver in Juju Smith-Schuster. This week, he's lining up on Anthony Miller um, in the nickel. He lines up on Anthony Miller, who is a good player, but no, by no means is a great player. He's a very good, solid player. He had a good week one versus the Bears. We saw how we got picked on with Corey Ballantyne in the nickel last year versus the Bears when they lined up Allen Robinson there. So whether they're pitting Allen Robinson in there for a few reps, Anthony Miller... 
Darnay Holmes has to come up big, whether it's in man coverage, zone coverage, and if he makes plays, especially on third down, then this that could change the way Trubisky like processes things. We saw him use in blitzes a few times. Be a dynamic player. Darnay Holmes is my giant factor for week two. I I really I really like that pick. And I feel like Darnay Holmes, he 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 looked fine for what I saw from him on Monday night. And the Giant and as you said, Corey Ballantyne struggled. We need Darnay Holmes to go out there and be a beast. Uh so my Giants factor, uh my Giants factor is Evan Ingram. Uh he is he's too talented to have a game where he goes uh, two catches for nine yards. Yeah, I went back to look at his stats last year. Week one against Dallas, he had 11 catches for 116 yards, uh, six catches for 42 yards, six catches for 113 yards. Evan Ingram is so talented, and it's so frustrating when he, he, he goes out there and he plays a game like that and has a case of the drops. He's like that game in Tampa last year when he made that beautiful one-handed catch, that, like, and then next uh, last week he goes out and drops some simple catches. Evan Ingram's so talented, and when he... Is playing like the Evan Ingram we know. It gives Daniel Jones another security blanket because that Duke he loved that tight end he had. If he has a capable tight end, it gives Daniel Jones even that more insurance of protection to have a guy he can give it to, and Evan Ingram can take that ball to the end zone with his speed. So give me Evan Ingram. He needs to have a bounce back game because he's entering crucial parts of his career if he really wants to be a Giant for the long run. And maybe he's not a plan like in the long term plans for the Giants going forward, and they look to trade him or something. But he's on the team now, and he's way too talented of a player to just not be able to figure out what to do with him. I know we're overreacting to week to one game. I get that we're doing that, but he's way too talented to have games like that. Like you said, Danny, we we can't have Evan Ingram playing like that on a consistent basis. We need him to have those big games, and when he doesn't have big games, we need him to have five catches for you know fifty three yards and not get blown up every time he's asked to block somebody. Yeah, and he was brought in from that whole Jerry Reese era. Dave Gelman and clearly Pat Shermer saw something in him, and clearly Joe Judge is seeing something in him. And obviously, he can't get traded at the trade deadline. And I think this year is a more likely scenario where if the Giants are playing like un- like a par for the course, that they just get rid of Evan Ingram and get something back for him. But as you said, he's on the team now. We need him to contribute. And I think this is a week that he can't have one of those bounce back weeks, and everyone will be like, oh, Evan Ingram's good again. Or you could suck, and then everyone will be like, trade him. For sure, for sure. All right, you know what time it is, folks. Danny has just been dominating us in every competition. It's quick I'm a picks. Beast. Week one, Danny went six and two. Uh, myself and the listeners went five and three, and Justin, you went four and four. I was I was like four and oh, five and oh after the one o'clock games, and all my teams were up at one point. Like the Bucks were up, the 49ers were up, and I can't remember the other team. I was like, I'm going to go freaking undefeated in week one. I'm going to brag so much. And then they all lost. So it is what it is. First game. And we should have lost with the with the Bears last week. We should we should have lost because DeAndre Swift just, drafted, just dropped that touchdown. Yeah, the, the, the Bears definitely saved me. All right. I, I should have lost with that Chargers game, but Randy Bullock apparently pulled both his calves. That was oh. the other one. That was <laughs> the other one. He faked it. He, he faked can't it. Out which one, he, he can't figure out which one he pulled. He faked it. He was. They said, like, oh, it's nothing serious. He faked yeah. it. He totally faked it. I can't 100%. believe that crap. All right. We'll start with Thursday Night Football. I think we're just going to leave Thursday, even though people will be listening to this afterwards. Um, Bengals at Browns. I'm actually weirdly excited for this matchup. I think I'm just in, I think I'm just enthralled with rookie QB, so it's the Joe Burrow effect. But um, I'm going Bengals. Danny, who are you taking? 
I'm going Bengals. Uh, the Giants' former friend Olivier Vernon, he's banged up. I feel like the Browns are just in a banged up state right now, and they're in a state of flux. So give me Joe Burrow. Give me the Bengals to go out there and win the Battle of Ohio. Bang, bang, Bengals. Um, yeah, Dan, uh, uh, Joe Burrow, make something happen. Justin, who do you got? Browns are the whole are the home team, but not that that really matters this year. But home, yeah, there are fans tonight. Oh, they do. All right, then Browns are the home team. So I am going to go with the Browns. I do think that this is going to be a close game. Um, you know, the fact that we didn't see much from Joe Burrow in quarters one through three in the majority of the fourth quarter, he did have that really nice final uh, final two minute drive, two minute uh, two minute drill drive. We're hoping. I'm hoping that he builds off of it. I'm really rooting for him. I want to go Bengals here, but I feel like you know the Browns. They have something to prove. So. Give me the Browns. Uh, they still have a lot of the same players from last year, but they slightly did improve on their offensive line. So maybe they'll get it together. Give me the Browns. All right. All right. Bills at Dolphins. The Bills are just a better team. The listeners went Bills. They went Bengals, by the way, too. Um, Justin, who do you got? I don't know why you put this game on here because isn't, isn't the whole goal there's not to, many very, to highlight? There's not a lot of good games this week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because this is going to be a snooze fest. I feel just like week one, it was a snooze fest against the Jets. Bills are too good. Give me the Bills. Danny? Yeah, the Bills are too good. Yeah, I'm going Bills, too. Do we think uh, Fitzpatrick gets benched in the middle of the game? No. Not the middle of the game, but I do think he'll get benched after the game. Um, Vikings at Colts. Danny, who do you got? Listeners win Vikings. See, that that Colts-Jaguars game, I felt like that was a game the Colts could have won. But I think the Vikings are going to have a bounce back week against the Colts. Give me the Vikings and Justin. Kirk Cousins. The big question is that Vikings defense. And that's the crazy thing that we thought that that defense, especially led by Zimmer, that they were, they're always just, just a sure group. Um, it's not really their offense that that's a question right now since Kirk Cousins did a pretty good job of slinging the ball around last Stop week. Stop it. When he was... Al- when he was allowed to sling it, he was he was pretty good. He put points up on the board in the second half. I'm going to go with the Vikings. Uh, hopefully their defense can take a step up. The Colts offense and that Colts uh, team as a whole really underperformed against not a very good Jaguars roster last week, any given Sunday. But the Colts have too good of a roster to be um, in that close of a game with the Jaguars, let alone losing the game. So give me the Vikings. They get their first win of the season. It's weird how um, Mitchell Trubisky's fourth quarter doesn't count, um, but Kirk Cousins is, is does. All right, mm. I'm go- I wanted this. To, Analy- I wanted this to be, to be my um, my upset pick, but the Colts, um, the Vikings just have too much talent. I really wanted this to be my one upset pick. Actually, you know what? I am because we're agreeing too much. I'm going Colts. This is how I screw myself in the long run is because I hate when we agree. So I'm going Colts. Falcons at Cowboys. The listeners went Cowboys. The Falcons put up. Some points against this against the Seahawks. Their defense sucks. Granted, their defense sucks, but I'm going the Falcons. What well, just outscore the Cowboys? That I, that's my that's my mindset. Just outscore the Cowboys. She's she, um Danny. I'm sorry. So well, let's let's look at this injury report. Blake Jarwin torn ACL gone. Leighton Vander Esch collarbone weeks. Uh, they they isn't there like a, a tackle injury for them as well? I think there is. I'm pretty sure. I, oh, yeah, it's uh, Tyrone Smith. Uh, so, get, I I think this is a game that the Cowboys should win. But, see, that's where the Cowboys always fall, is the game they should win. I'm taking the Falcons this week. Give me Matt Ryan and the, and the Falcons to win this one. Justin. I think the Rams are a good team, and I think the Cowboys for week one and them adjusting, um, I'm partially going with this because you two picked, picked both Falcons. Um 
it's so strange how the Falcons the last couple years, last two years, largely because they've been a bad team and they've been behind so much. They're passing the ball a ton. Matt Ryan is getting a ton of attempts. Uh, fun fact about the fourth quarter last week, uh, the Falcons had zero rushing attempts in the fourth quarter against the Seahawks last week. Not a single one. 100% pass rate. Uh, I do think the Cowboys played somewhat well against uh, against the Rams. They should have won the game if it wasn't for an arguable pass interference call. Offensive PI and Mike McCarthy going for it. Um, so give me the Cowboys. All right. Matt quick Ryan picks. was racking me fantasy points last quick, week. Quick picks on the way out. Rams at Eagles. Um, listeners went Rams. The Eagles offensive line is banged up. They're going against Aaron Donald yeah. and the boys. Um, I'm going Rams. Justin? Yeah, give me Rams. Even though Miles Sanders is back, I don't know what a snap share is going to look like. So, uh, yeah, give me give me the Rams. Danny. Rams. Give me the Rams. All right. Panthers at Bucks. Like I said, this is a weak schedule. Listeners went Bucks. I'm going Bucks. Are you guys both going Bucks? Yeah. All right, we're agreeing a lot this week. Ravens are at Texans. This sounds like a good matchup. I'm down on the Texans, man. Um, Deshaun Watson was the most pressured QB in the NFL um, in week one, and he had the highest drop percentage. DeAndre Hopkins is a huge loss to them, and the Ravens are just really good. I'm going Ravens. I'm waiting for these uh, Houston Texans wide receivers to just drop like flies because Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller are made of glass. So if that happens, oh boy, uh, Kenny Still Show, get ready. Um, give me the Ravens. I'm more, I'm more or less high on the Ravens than I guess down on the Texans. Um, that's how high I am on Lamar Jackson right now. Looked really good week one. Danny, yeah, I mean, I mean, it sucks we're agreeing so much, but I mean, because th- these games are not the best. It's the Ravens winning this one. The Texans just looked horrendous. Why did you trade DeAndre Hopkins? I know money reasons, but still. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like, you can make sense. Like, they didn't trade him. For, we're not going to revisit that. Patriots at Seahawks, final game. Danny, who do you got? Now, I know the Seahawks are a good team, but I'm going with the Patriots. Okay. I, 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 I got Cam Newton, Bill Belichick going in there, Sunday night football, shock in the world. Now, maybe if Pete Carroll decides to run the football on the one-yard line, <laughs> classic Super Bowl, whatever pun or joke, They'll win, but I got the Patriots going in, winning this one, and showing the world that they're not to be slept on in the AFC East. Justin? Let Russ cook, baby. Let Russ cook. Uh, I I think the Seahawks are um, Super Bowl – in in my brain, they're my Super Bowl favorites right now. Russell Wilson really has some nice uh, skill position players that he has to work with, including two good tight ends. Their defense has always been solid and good enough, you know, led by Bobby Wagner on that side. So, uh, give me the Seahawks, especially when they're home. I don't know if they're allowing fans, but still, um, they always have good home field advantage too. Seahawks are a better team. I just feel like Bill's got something for him. I'm going Patriots. Simple as that. Bill's got Bill's got something for him. All right. Game prediction scores, fellas. Danny, Giants at Bears. Who are you predicting? Now, see, last week I went with the Giants to lose, and unfortunately I was right. This week I'm changing it up. I got the Giants winning in this one because the defense looked good. The offense showed hope. That's, I, I haven't had hope in the Giants offense the past two years. So give me the Giants. You're right there, the sign, hope. You can't see it in the audio form, but there's hope. Give me Daniel Jones to go out there and have another good game and not make a boneheaded decision this time in the red zone. Give me the Giants to go out there and beat the Bears, probably in a close one because the Giants will probably make it interesting. What What's the score, though? I got it 21-17. 
No, okay. 17-14. Okay, okay. Oh, final score Super Bowl 42. Yep, 17-14 is the final. Believe in it will happen. Justin, mm. what is your game prediction? 27-17 to 17, New York football Giants. Look at these winners I got on this on my team. I got some winners on my team. We probably lost last week because you guys predicted losers. I like some losers. Winners win. Losers lose. You'll hear me say that a lot on this portion of the show. We will win. We will dominate. We go to war. Giants 77, Bears 0. Suck it. I will never predict this team to lose with Daniel Jones as quarterback. I would never do it with Eli or Tom under the helm. I'll never do it with Daniel Jones. The only loss I predicted was with Geno Smith at the quarterback. Giants 77, Bears 0. Fellas, let's go out and get a win. Let's let's get a win. I don't want to talk about a loss on Monday. Let's get a freaking win. Um, I'm so tired of this crap. Anyways, we'll be back Monday morning after the show uh, or after the game. We'll be live on Patreon Sunday night if you want to join that. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Enjoy a weekend. Enjoy a win. Until then, let's go Big Blue. <laughs>